Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. We are in episode one of what will be for the 2022 season. I'm super excited. I did not think we'd be having this episode this soon. I mean, I don't know why it usually does come out mid-December each year, but it just feels like it hasn't been that long between the last season finishing and now this Supercoach season starting. Pistol, I've got you on the microphone with me. I've dragged you in from your uh, summer break, mate. How are you? <laughs> Doing very well, actually. Um, yeah, just purchased a house uh, up in Sydney, so making a move. Ooh, we're dropping been... it on the podcast. What's the address for everyone? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably probably won't give away my address, but I, uh, okay. yeah, I'm very excited to move states. Don't really know anyone. So, uh, yeah, any Sydney listeners, I'll be taking friendship applications um, and... Okay. Uh, yeah, DM me. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna post up those like flyers with your phone number and they just like rip a little phone number off and give you a call? Or? Yeah, well, I'm hoping I'll be like the, the friendship bachelor or something. Um, oh. So yeah, everyone put in your applications and then uh, yeah, we'll go through the casting rounds and we'll see what happens. Wow, are you gonna use like a, the traditional rose? Or I'm I'm actually super curious about the help this whole process now. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll have to have to figure figure it out as we go. I think you get like you get a prospectus or something like as you. You progress instead of a rose. Oh, oh, geez. Wait, that's I might apply for this. 
<laughs> how much are, how much a house is in Sydney? I might have to. So it's too, too much is the answer. Okay, always, if it. you have to say uh, how much in and then something in Sydney, the answer is always too much. Okay, so you're saying the prospectus is probably lower value than the house. It's, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's, it's okay, definitely cool. not worth it. Right, well, but well, to be friends with me, geez, that's worth it. No, right? no, 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 no. That's no, no not worth it. Okay, no, fair no, enough. That's actually, but but Supercoach, I hope you've been well. <laughs> Supercoach looks amazing. We've finally got we've got the uh, the. Team picker, obviously, I've been clicking around on it all day. I, I don't know, have you had a chance to click through it yet? I have. I've been, uh, yeah, very busy looking through the team. <laughs> I was very surprised that it launched today, and I'm very happy that it launched today. And, yeah, I've made my first draft to my side and really, really liking the look of it. Not anything like I thought it would be. It's funny, I, I made my team before the team picker, and the team picker came out, and my team looks nothing like I had planned, and I'm really happy with it. I think we both expected before we launch into the defenders, we're just, we're just going to go position by position um, eventually here. I think we both expected, and, and a lot of the community expected to be heavy on the mid prices. Um, my structure is not shaken out that way yet. I don't know about you, but um, I can I can only count about three or four mid prices in my entire team. And it does usually start like this, and, and the preseason usually brings out those um, thorns among the roses, which are rook, guns and rookies, and sort of just tempts us to to keep on dabbling in the mid-price madness. But um, naturally, due to the injuries and such last year, I just thought there would be a lot more mid-prices sneaking into my first team. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's something to do with the just midfield eligibility of most of them and us kind mm-hmm. of not wanting to like smash our teams with you know mid-price midfielders when all the midfielders are the highest scoring premiums. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but... I don't seem to have too many mid-prices. Maybe I'm overconfident on the rookies this year, particularly and especially compared to last year where I wasn't confident at all, so I had more mid-prices. But this year, I think uh, we might be in for a little bit of a a rookie treat. Well, it can't be worse than last year, as you you mentioned. So uh, we will jump into defense. So we're just going to have a look at whatever names sort of jump out at us at the sheet, on the sheet. I'm going to read through a bunch of premiums and then a bunch of uh, cheaper mid-price sort of tempting options and if you catch anyone that i i miss then just bring me back so um i'm going to start off with the first guy selected in my defense jake lloyd yeah <laughs> what, what 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 were your thoughts on lloyd as soon as you spotted him because now with jordan dawson coming out of the squad i i just think he's primed for a huge year i don't know how you just don't pick lloyd he rarely misses games he went 120 in the previous year, and he's priced at 107 because Dawson kind of was taking some kick-ins. No, no, it wasn't just him taking all the kick-ins, but it was split um, majority with Dawson. I think Cunningham took a couple, but yeah, honestly, Lloyd's going to have them back in his pocket. He's the main man off the half-back line. He's cheaper than he should be, so it's just an easy pick for me. And you're right, just first pick Lloyd this year, 2022. Now, a couple of guys who I've had questions about as to what their price range is for the season, the two North Melbourne guys who were the unsung heroes of 2021, essentially, Jack Siebel and Aaron Hall. So um, I've got Aaron Hall in my my early squad. I'm I'm not doing a squad reveal, but it's going to naturally come out who I've got. Um, But I've got Aaron Hall at D2 at the moment. Um, Jack Siebel is 13k more expensive, so it's 585 compared to 572 of Aaron Hall. Um, I, for some reason, am supremely confident in this guy that I didn't even think would be in the AFL system anymore um, <laughs> to keep up premium numbers for another season. 
Um, I think you're the exact same. Are, are we cra- Is this going to change? Is this going to be one of those things where we see him in the preseason and we pivot? Or how supremely confident are you on Hall? And why not Jack Siebel? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think, number one, you know, we heard Hall injury-prone, yada, yada, all throughout last year. But we talked through it and decided that, you know, it's probably not worth it. And the risk-reward ratio was well and truly in our favor there. And he was a much cheaper price than he is now. Now he's very expensive, 572K. However, you know, he started as a sub one game. He got injured early in another game. So he still, I think he went, was like 115 plus after he changed positions and his only price yep. is 105. So he's still 50K underpriced. And I like to pick players in my starting team who I think are a little bit underpriced and he falls in that category. We'll see in the preseason if he has any positional changes. Given how good he was, I'm not expecting any positional changes at all and if i if i'm you know i don't want to upgrade to him in round six because i'll be paying more like if, if nothing's wrong then you know i'll be paying more and i, I don't really expect anything to go wrong i think he's gonna have the same position as he had because he was fantastic at you know in that spot 50k underpriced you know the injury history is not really there in I guess this position. I mean, we discovered so, we discovered yeah. a lot of it also, even in the injury years that he had at Gold Coast and early years at North Melbourne. A lot of it was actually like mental health leave, and um, there was a few concussions in there. It wasn't exactly minimal, strictly soft tissue, soft tissue yeah. which is what you really try to avoid when you're picking these guys because soft tissues they go on forever and they come back and they go away and they come back and. Like they're very unpredictable and they can set you out for at least two or three weeks. If my player is getting the odd concussion here or there, then like it's not ideal, but it's also not the worst case scenario like soft tissues can be. So um, I think we found a lot of what he had going in the past was of the um, like the lower risk of re-injuring type of ilk. And he played 20, 20 games last season. Yep. 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 And... Um, and just looked so comfortable in that bruise-free halfback role. He, he just, like, he rarely tackled, rarely got tackled. He just sort of sauntered off halfback and and hit targets through the middle. So it just seems like if he's going to do anything, if he's going to be successful, he's going to be doing exactly what he did last year over again this year. And yeah. that makes and, him underpriced, I guess. And Jay-Z, like, he, he was fabulous. But I, I think, you know, he's not underpriced. He, he tailed off a little bit at the end of last season and he's someone who literally will walk backwards into a contest to spoil the ball or whatever it might be like he's a a higher injury risk i think than hall on top of that so i don't want to i don't really want to pay what i think his maximum price is right now um at the beginning of season i'm definitely not ruling out for picking up at some stage during the year but as a starting pick i think like him even Tom Stewart, I think, is probably at his max price. Daniel Rich. Also, yep. these guys price at 580 Like It's max price that you're paying for them. You can get them cheaper during the year. Crisp is good, and he plays 22 every year, and he's like a pretty safe 100, and, you know, 100 to 105 average. I'd feel comfortable selecting him as well. Definitely think he's a worthwhile pick. Talk to me about Jordan Dawson, though. We spoke to him before. Changed clubs. Average 102 last year, so is 550k. Do you see him as a viable starting selection? I'm curious on him. I think if he plays on the wing a lot at Adelaide, then um, there's potential. I, I, I mean, look, I find it incredibly... This is just my game style. I find it incredibly difficult to start someone like Jordan Dawson at a brand new club 
um, based off of a couple of preseason games anyway because you just really want to see how they integrate. You want to see how good the Crows are going to be um, and you, you just want to see pretty much as much information as possible before probably upgrading onto them. The people that do feel a little bit riskier about it um, and do see that he's going to take up a wing in the preseason, um, I think those are the guys who are going to... If, if you do feel riskier about it and it does pay off, those are the guys that are going to profit, whereas... Um, I'm happy to just take that little loss if he does sort of explode to start the year or um, tick over at a 105 to 110 sort of average mark and sort of does what people have really been expecting from him for a couple of years now. So, um, look, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me if he even got a couple of centre bounce attendances at the Crows as well. Um, I think they really rate him as someone who's just not going to be on that outside for his entire career. So, um, look, it's interesting, but there are just too many questions too many what ifs on him for me personally that I, I, I can't see myself possibly starting him I essentially have players like Lloyd Hall even Crisp and even someone like Jordan Ridley who I want to discuss as well um, just slightly above him in, in terms of risk um, benefit factor so um, based on that Jordan Ridley they got Jake Kelly uh, in yep. the off season someone who's likely going to take that role that we did not want Jordan Ridley taking in the second half of last year. Um, do you see Jordan just going back to the kickouts, back to the, the third man out type of contest that he thrived in in the first half of the year? Or um, is it maybe just that he's just too good at doing a little bit of everything? Yeah, I'm, I think Kelly is going to be a great inclusion for Ridley. You know, yep. he won't have to play as much lockdown, but I am worried that Ridley's just too good and his versatility will still harm him, and there might be games where he still does have to play lockdown. I mean, we're yet to see how they all work and how Kelly integrates into the side, but it is a little bit of a concern, enough that I want to watch him in the preseason and see how it plays out. Like, there's every chance, I don't know, Francis or someone else gets dropped, and then Kelly just plays that role, and Ridley still does the same thing. I'm not sure. We'll we'll have to wait and see. But being on the kickouts certainly is something that will be very appealing um, if he's if he's on all of them compared to when he kind of lost them as the season was going. So, yeah, yeah I think he's... Redmond. Yeah, and to Redmond. So, I, I think Ridley's a bit underpriced. So, I do agree with what you were saying before. I, I think Dawson... I reckon Dawson could go anywhere between 90 and 115 average and I wouldn't be surprised. Like, he could be the Jake Lloyd of the Crows, but he could also just not have that role at all. So... Too many question marks there for me, but he could be a fantastic pick. I feel similarly that Ridley could be a fantastic pick. Um, I know we skipped over Heppel and Ryan at 540k. I think both of them are a bit too injury-prone now for us to consider in our starting side, so it's a pretty quick wash um, over them. And the next one that leaves at the same price as Ridley is Jaden Short. Yeah, I wanted you to chat about him. I think he was in one of your... He's in my team at the moment. There you go. <laughs> Look, Hooley's, Hooley's gone. Uh, short without Hooley last year. Did average a little bit more. I think it was around 105 average. So I'm pegging him in for about 105 average again. I think that is still good value. That makes him about 25K underpriced. So, you know, that's better than the kick in the pants. So I'll appreciate picking a premium that's a little bit underpriced still. And to be honest, I can't really split him and Ridley. And I just feel like Short's role is safer than Ridley's role for right now. And there's every chance that come the preseason Ridley looks fantastic and I just make a, a tiny switch so that between short Ridley and then I mean I'm having a little bit of a drop here because we don't want to talk forever on yeah 
um, on every position. So I'm, I'm just going to saunter down a little bit. Uh, I think a lot of these players are correctly priced. Um, you could take a punt on someone like Dale being better in his position yeah. the year after than, than what he was in the first year. He could be slightly underpriced, but whether he breaks into that 100, 105 average is to be seen. I think the next one that really catches my eye is Lockie Whitfield, 502k. Did not have his best year, far from it last year. Um, had a couple of injury-affected games as well. Only played the 15 matches for the season with a 92 average. But he's 500k. People were going to buy him at 650k last year. <laughs> um, yep. what, what are your thoughts on that? It, it just seems like a ridiculous overprice. Yeah, I'm not seeing him in a lot of teams. He is a very good player and he's a great scorer. I am very worried about his body and having to use multiple trades on him throughout the season. If he was at a different club, I'd probably be more inclined to buy him. But GWS mm. medical staff, are, you know, they're, they're the ones with the long noses and lots of lies and you never really get a straight answer. So it's it makes true. it really difficult to pick GWS players, especially injury-prone ones. And I, I would be up for it if I watch him in the preseason. I guess he's always going to look good. I'd never talk anyone off picking Whitfield. I think he's a fantastic scorer. He's got a fantastic price, but that injury risk, just for me this year, I don't want. I don't want the stress. I don't want the hassle. Um, I think he's better than the players that he's priced around for sure. I mean, there's you'd be in, there's an argument there for Caleb Daniel, who could definitely average a hundred, and Braden Maynard, who could also average a hundred. But I just think Whitfield's in another class compared to those guys, and you know, I'd be looking there if I was looking at someone in that price range. Well. You could also look 50k cheaper at someone like James Sicily, who's 448k. After missing the entirety of last season with that ACL injury, he apparently was fit and ready to go with a couple of rounds left, but they just held him out just to be sure. So he should be raring to go from round one this year. Um, now, I've heard a lot of excuses for, for not starting Sicily, um, a new coach being one of them, yep. and the knee being another one, and the emergence of players like CJ, Scrimshaw, Will Day, and about a dozen other halfback <laughs> so flankers that they have. They've got MP. so many. Um, MP, yep, there are just about a million of them. What are your thoughts in regards to Sicily? Because I'm, I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts afterwards. What are your thoughts? So I currently don't have him on my side. And I, it's it's more just about the uncertainty. He could end up there. We'll, we'll wait and see how he goes with the mixture of players. I think Sicily is just too good to not be the main, you know, intercept marker. I kind of see him the same as, you know, kind of Ridley in that way. He's just too good at what he does. Um, versatility, I would be shocked if they played him forward. I don't think that's on the cards yeah. this, this season at all. Um, I just, I think I've got to weigh up him... Even though he's 100k cheaper, that might that might benefit your team overall. But I'm looking at some of these these players at the top and trying to figure out, you know, in your final team, which players do you want? And Lloyd and Zebel, 107 plus average. I don't think Sicily is capable of going that high. And Tom Stewart could go 107. You pick up throughout the year as well. Crisp as well, 105. Like all these players, there's enough defender premiums that are going to go 105 plus and I, I kind of feel like Sicily's that's his max and I would only have to pay another 100k to get there if I want him and I, I just don't know if I do just yet that might change in the preseason but for now it's enough that I'm going to stay away and it's kind of a similar feeling to Jeremy Howe who's you know 20k cheaper than him 
Yeah, I definitely agree in regards to Jeremy Howe. He he played eight matches last year and for an average of seventy eight and he he does have an injury history though. He's he's got more than just the one concern of um like coming off of one major injury or something, but coming off of years and years of it, it's gonna yep. obviously take its eventual toll and he's probably gonna miss games this season. Um Sicily might not he might do as well I, I think the the what you spoke about in regards to him having a f- ceiling of around 105 um he just missed an entire season in which kickouts became rolled gold and before he had that injury he did take Hawthorne's kickouts so Hardwick took them Hardwick took them I think they both yeah took, I, he definitely didn't have a monopoly yeah. on them he, no he, did, he, he didn't the have them monopolized taken. no he didn't have them monopolized yeah. but I, I just think I just think now coming into a system where it, he, we pretty much saw five points tacked onto a lot of players that did take kickouts. Um, I think his ceiling is just slightly higher than what we remember it to be. I, I think coming into this year, it's probably going to be, and I think he could probably average 108-ish if he had a good season. So I'm not selecting him as someone who I think has a ceiling of 105. I'm selecting him as someone who I, who I think can actually push through that. So... Um, he'd be a, he'd be a keeper for me, obviously at that yeah. price. But I I do actually believe that he can do it. And seasons prior, he has had that risk of being thrown forward, and it's killed his average. He's been averaging 105 before getting thrown forward, and just scoring 50s and such, and, and just dragging it down. I, I need to look more into, and obviously we'll do this when we do um, we podcast closer to the actual <laughs> season, but. I need to look at what he does as a defender and how his average is impacted when he's thrown forward for a few games and then thrown back into defense. So um, I think a 108 to 110 average is on the cards for him. I think he's got the potential of it, but we'll talk more about that later. Um, yeah, as I in think later it's in, reasonable. Later in the year. It's totally, <laughs> it could go either way. I mean, with your logic, if that's what you think, then it makes total sense to start him, you know? So um, it just depends on what you, you think right now and... I guess we'll uh, yeah we'll find out as the season progresses. Um, do we want to jump down to the lower type yeah. mid prices now? Um, I'm scrolling through. There's not a lot else that sort of catches my eye. I think Hayden Young is one that we'll talk about closer to the actual season, will but we? we don't really need to dive into that. I don't think um, we will. Yeah, I, I'm seeing it pop up in quite a few teams actually. Yeah, um, I think that's more of a like uh, it, it. It sounded fun when we didn't know he was 420k. Yeah, no, I do agree. <laughs> I do agree, but the, the discussion I think will still be held on the podcast at some point, especially if he has a big preseason game. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> we we could just shut down every single bad option and never speak about him if you want, but we got to point out the ones that don't work. Well, won't yeah, fair work out in our opinion as well. No, fair um, enough. All right, so I'm scrolling through. Uh, Malira. Wayne Malira seems like the first guy who sort of catches my eye. He's 271K. He's obviously been injured for about 15 years now. Yep. Um, I don't know exactly what role he's going to come into with the Crows, and they've obviously just recruited Dawson. Um, they've had players like Scholl come through since Mulira was looking like having a halfback flank or a wing. Yeah, Hamill um, as well. Seedman, Se- yeah, Seedman is maybe a top three wingman in the competition. Yep. Um, I just don't know exactly where he fits in. He, it might just be on a forward flank until he gets fit. It might be you know, forward pocket. He's very crafty. He can play almost anywhere on the field. Um, and I think they'll just be happy to get him fit. I, I read an article today that he was back in training and he was you know, back in full fitness. I think they'll just want to get him on the park, but I don't think that'll exactly be in a lucrative role. Um, and he's also extremely injury prone. It's a complete no for me at this moment. Uh, I think I'll pop him on the watch list. There's, he, I think he can also play as a midfielder. 
and that would interest me. So I'll wait and see. He's not in my current side. The preseason, if he has an inside role or something like that, I'll, I'll take a good look. But yeah, there's way too many unknowns for right now. I mean, I, I think it doesn't hurt to pop him in your team and downgrade him if you need it because 271 is not like a... You're not going to have to like massively restructure your side by you know freeing up 100k or so. So yeah, I don't think there's that much harm in popping you in. But yeah, not too, too much unknowns for me right now. What about Trey Rusco? What sort of role is he going to take into 2022? Because I know he did have a switch up later on in the season last year. Yeah, so he was a bit underpriced because he played his first three games forward and he averaged 20, um, which is terrible, and then swapped back. Mm, and good. You know, pretty much averaged 80 plus. I think he's someone who can make 100K, maybe 140K. He's a cash cow at that price, not a keeper. I think 80 is on the cards as long as he's playing off the halfback flank and Really, it's a new position to him, right? Because he started the year as a forward and he only changed you know, halfway through the season. So he's learning and growing in that role. He's still young. He looked quite good in that role. Uh, I think he'll be given more opportunities to excel in that role. But again, new coach, new game style, might not be lucrative, might be very lucrative. It, it's He's someone that I wouldn't put in my team, but he's someone I'd add to my watch list. Fair enough. Another one for the watch list, Caleb Marchwink. I, I swear I've owned him in about 15 different keeper leagues about 20 different times. He looks good when he plays, and he looks like he can be a super coach scorer when he plays. Um, he just doesn't play that often. He's 209k. <laughs> um, if he's fit going into the season and he has, I mean, as far as I know, the only role that he really can be pegged in for is that halfback sort of half interceptor, half rebounder, half lockdown type of player. I know that's three halves and it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but um, that's the sort of guy that he is. But he does actually score points. Um, I think around 70 plus is what he tends yeah. to average when he's fit and doing well. 209K, I think that's for what he for what he might be this year if he's fit, then I think it's a really good watch list player. Yeah, it's a, we'll see if he makes it into the side type player, but at his price, it's, it's 100, 150K upside with job security. He could do far worse, but... Yeah, we'll we'll pop that him onto the watch list as well. But do you want to run through the midfield? Maybe I'm not seeing anything else here worth discussing. No, <laughs> um, all right, so midfield, I just want to start by saying we're going to see a lot of team reveals this year and every year. Um, any of McRae, Steele, Took Miller, Clayton Oliver, Bontempelli, Tom Mitchell, Sam Walsh, and Darcy Parrish, any combination of about three, four, or even five of them, if you're feeling crazy, in someone's team, like any combination, I, I can tell you who I think is the best person to start with that list in a second, but like any combination of those guys, I don't think I'm going to have a single issue with because I think we are blessed with having really good, really amazing options in the midfield this season. Ah, totally. I mean, I'd add even more names to that list. You didn't even pick the Brownlow medalist. Ollie Wines left him off. Think? I think his second half last season mm, went at you know, was 120 good. plus average I mean Mills as well is a bit injury prone but he pumped out mm, some really big scores okay, now you're getting a bit <laughs> um, the, the main one the main one I think as well that we can add to this conversation despite him not being in that price range is Lucky Neal I think um, at this point at the very least at this point of the season should be in every single person's team and I doubt that will even change by the time the season starts he's unbelievably priced but when we go back to the the main guys i there are like you said a long list of players that you can start and i just would not even say a word about it i wouldn't have a single issue with starting or not starting any of these guys besides maybe one guy and that's 
probably going to be Jack McRae. What? Yeah, I think Jack McRae is probably the guy who you could convince me the least of that you shouldn't start. I mean, the bloke didn't drop below 621k last season, which made him pretty much impossible to get during the year because he needed three trades. And he only had one sub-100 score for the entire season. That's why his price was so consistent. And yep. he just did it week in, week out. So I he don't know. He always if... plays 22. He averaged 128 last year. Like He, he just does 128 averages every year, every year. and looks yeah. good. So I, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, that's uh, a big call. But no, wait. It's, it's I'm, like... saying, I'm saying he's the guy that you could convince me you said not to, to take him. out. Yeah, I don't no, want to no, take no, him to out. Take out. The least. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> no, no. He's like my biggest lock of all the midfielders. Right, no. I was, I was, I was surprised confused. when you reacted so, so like, surprised. No, I, no. Jack, Jack McRae's the guy, the guy who I would like to see in most teams of that of those combinations. I don't think he will leave my personal team at all in the preseason. He's so, so the guy. That team that you posted on Twitter, um, your first <laughs> it, it round draft, the one that doesn't have Jack McRae. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Who did, did that have Took Miller in there as well? Yeah, it did. It did. Had took yeah, Miller Took and probably Sam Walsh. Yeah, I mean, that, that's not, that. I had Jack McRae and Oliver, and then before posting, I was like, you know, I, I need to have at least one team with Took and Walsh and all these fun guys. So um, the first team came out didn't have McRae or Oliver. Those so both. Those are both <laughs> my team. So the first team that you put out online <laughs> doesn't have McRae, and you've come on the podcast and said the person that you can't r- remove. Is McRae. You no, can see not, why not I was confused now. No, no, no. Not can't... Yeah, I can see why you're confused. Not can't remove. I can I can see people not starting him and still having success. He's not a 100% lockety-lock, but he's the guy who could convince me of the least out of all those guys to, to not start. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I think um, we're going to have to deep dive heavily into the midfield options because there are so many and so many good ones and picking the right ones will really set your season upright up you know just i think uh our doctor's daily dose this year might be very midfielder heavy i've got a feeling (laughs) Um, yeah because it's going to make such a big difference in nailing the the midfield premiums the guy that i think we should actually discuss in depth or not in depth we're not doing any of this in depth um but more so than the others in this podcast is nat five 550k approximately he's played 15 matches again last season um, again, as in he's not completed the full season again last season. Um, his shoulder's in tatters. He's he's gone through multiple off-season surgeries to try and fix that. He will miss games again next season. I know he's 550K. I know he's a double brown line medalist, and I know he's one of the best midfielders probably ever, probably that the wow. game's ever seen. I can't see myself starting Nat 5, even if he's roaring and ready to go round one. So that team you posted on Twitter with Nat 5... Just, uh, <laughs> that definitely did not have that vibe. <laughs> no, uh, I don't even know if this needs a big discussion. He he hasn't played a full season in since his first round though. Like he 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 just misses games every single year, which massively harms his average. And and now in this day and age, there's so many midfielders tend to be precise that when 115 plus, if he's missing one game, it's pretty hard to average 115 plus after you've missed a game. Yep. Um, he's just so far from my side and I get that he's a nice price and it's fun to look at but he's going to cost you trades and trades are absolute golden so it's a yeah strong strong no for me in your team building exercises 
fun to look at on the page and yeah. in real life as well. Um, another one I, really, I just want to quickly touch on, Matt Crouch as well. Um, I see his mm-hmm. name thrown up again. He is injured again. He, he's he's going to Sydney. He's getting... Specialists. Um, yeah, specialists, further experts. Please don't send me teams with Matt Crouch in your side. I, I do not think he's going to be viable for this entire year. It's hard to talk people into a guy who's not played football in over a year and yeah has soft tissue recurring soft tissue injuries yeah um besides that i think i'm going to take a deep dive down the list here um we've got some players who are priced at a spicy type of um uh, there's a lot of players between the 400 and 200k mark in the midfield i just want to quickly touch on a few names for you yep um Dylan Shield for starters, he's 360k. Played yep. obviously a massively interrupted season last year, averaged 70. Um, this is the type of price range that we looked at Liberatore at um, for a couple of seasons ago. And he was super successful. And we just thought if they can do an 85 to 90 average to start the season, they can get us up to a premium and, and get us a quicker upgrade yep. um, to sort of start the year. So um, him, Patrick Lipinski, also about 360k. And then I'm going to also mention Matty Rao at 342k. So we have options here. We do. Any of those three stand out to you more than the other? Well, Dylan Shield, I think he doesn't. I'm not even sure what role he's going to have. Even if he does have a good role, let's say Carball doesn't play midfield and Stringer plays less midfield or whatever it might be, he's kind of that anyway. If he gets a perfect role, it's like a 95, 100 player. So I mean, that's good. But that would everything would have to be perfect. So I don't really love that. I think between Lipinski and Raul, it's more of an unknown of their ceiling. Lipinski's never really had an opportunity to be a full-time ball-winning midfielder. So I don't know what his ceiling is going to be. I, if I take a guess, I would say it's going to be like 100 to 105. And that might be enough to make you you know 120 130k as like a stepping stone maybe if you didn't start mccray you'd start one of these guys so that you could upgrade them to a mccray because it makes it two trades to get to him rather than three trades makes it a little bit easier i think that could be kind of a viable tactic but you know there's still risk that he just averages 85 and you know he gets dropped or something is he's not that good in the midfield i'm not sure i don't think someone like Raul's going to get dropped but again Raul yeah. looks scared when he came back from all of his injuries it's hard to say it's hard to say he's not injury prone now he's had two seasons in the afl and missed large chunks of both of them uh i don't think anyone's going to argue and say he's not somewhat of you know an injury concern there he's the type of guy that could go 110 but he averaged 63 last season so he might come out flat we'll have to wait and see on that i'm not even sure if the preseason We'll see how many games we get this year, but I'm not even sure unless he comes out with like some real big tons. And, He's getting close plus, to that territory yeah. where you'd rather you'd rather be on the wrong end of him doing well than risk being on the yeah. wrong end of him doing poorly. Um, just like he he's not going to be a keeper. And so people might get 150k head start on you, might get a few good scores. But is, is he really going to burn you to the point where you're like, my season's over, I didn't start Matt Rao? He could burn you to the point where your season's not over, but like for actually starting him, you could go tr- like trades behind, not just 150K, like multiple trades and like multiple poor scores. 
it's just that sort of balance of what you want to do in your risk assessment, but I would struggle to start it. I think it could be like 105 average keeper. I guess like, you know how people picked Taranto last yeah. season? Yeah, no. And I he went like mean. 102 or whatever it was, and everyone was like, yeah, it was fine, but you kind of wanted to upgrade him, but only if you had the trades. I feel like that is the type of pick that Raul is. He's like, could be fine, and then you'd want to upgrade him, but you can't because you don't have enough trades, and I'd rather just not have that hassle. So I'll, I'll add him to the watch list, but um, he's staying out of my team so far. Okay, so the next sort of price bracket I want to talk to you about is just the mid-200K price bracket. So there are three guys that I've um, had a look at here from when I built my team to when we started the podcast. Jared Berry is the first one. I, I'm going to start by saying I really like this guy if he's got the right, the right role. Um, yep. I'll let you divulge a little bit further if you want to, but Dry Coldwell is the exact same. I just think he's far, far, far less likely to get that good role. Um, and then Hanabry here, I mean, he's 255K, so he, he used to be really good, and if he sort of plays from the get-go, maybe 255K is a steal, but um, I think that it's a bit of a stretch there. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, Barry and Carwell, you know, 268, 266. I think Carwell's got more of a chance of getting a better role than Barry. I think Carwell what? will play more as a midfielder because that's how they were playing him. I just don't think he's a particularly great uh, scorer. Wait, wasn't that before like Darcy Parrish was in there and all yeah. these other good... Yeah, yeah. They I just think, drafted I think a good midfielder. I, 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 <laughs> they did. I don't think there's any way Caldwell goes in the midfield. I, I think they still rate him very highly and he's a good user of the ball. I just don't think he's a great super coach scorer, which is a problem when your whole aim of the game is to get super coach points. I think Barry. That shocked me then. (laughs) I think Barry is a chance, at least, of getting a midfield role. And he's someone in 2020, he averaged, what, 97. So if he gets the role, you know, he's going to be a good scorer. I'm I'm way more interested in Barry out of all of them. I mean, Hanabry's averaged, you know, whatever, 115 in the past. Uh, I think his best footy might be a little bit behind him and he's very, very, very injury prone. He's like 15 years old when he did that. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm 47. So, <laughs> I, I think Hanabry, it's it'd be a fun one to watch on the watch list, but I don't think he's going in anyone's teams. But it's definitely at 255k. You have to kind of mention him at least. Okay, so the next three are low 200s type players. Um, sorry, next two. Um, Constable's the first one. Yep. And- a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And um, I've got here, make sure you talk about Finlay McRae because I'm huge on him. That's a DM from you. So... 
Um, those two guys, Constable, I mean, look, they net plus minus was out Hugh Grimwood in Charlie Constable. Um, so maybe there's a role for him and maybe he plays and, and plays actual midfield minutes, which he didn't do at Geelong. Um, I can see that one eventuating if there's a massive preseason for him, but yep. I think it's on the unlikely side. Why are we talking about Finley McRae? All right, two things. One, Constable, I, I, I get that they lost Greenwood, but I feel like it's just going to be like Fiorini's full-time mid, Tuckmiller's yeah. full-time mid. Now you've got... Raul coming back to fitness. Anderson needs more mid-time. They're converting Bose into an inside midfielder. I just think that Constable's on the less likely side of breaking into yeah, that side I, I still. Agree. I think I it's just agree. like a coverage pick if Raul gets injured again. Um, I think Finlay McRae at his price, he is a player that could be a good accumulator. I just don't know what role he's going to have. I, the thing is like, you got to compare all these players with... Horn Francis. Like, Horn Francis is 207k. And we know his role at North is already going to be split between the forward. I think they put out an article a while ago now. I think they said they thought he'd play like 70% forward and 30% midfield, I think was the article. So he's going to be in probably a bottom four club or so, playing mostly as a forward. It doesn't scream super coach points to me at all. And that is a worry. I think uh, I get he's got good job security, but I think pretty much every player we've spoken about so far is more of a chance of outscoring him just because of that role. I think McRae, I'm not sure what his job security will be, but I think like McRae could totally outscore Horn Francis, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got a consistent role. I just I'd don't be think fairly he's surprised. No, I don't think he'll have a good. I don't think he'll have good job security and have a good role. So I think that will be the reason. But in terms of like. If he had the job security, I think it'd be a comparable, comparable player. I just I don't, don't think, think it's it worth be. it there. I, I, I just think... I know he's going to play 70-30, whatever, um, which is probably going to increase as the season goes on. Um, Juan Francis is, is, is good. <laughs> he's really good. Um, I watched him bully, like, old people in, in the Sandfall. Um, last season, like, just bully them. Like, he gets the ball. He has great goal sense. He has great ability to just, you know, rack up possessions. And he's very, very um, influential when he does have the football. So, I just think whatever he does do at North this year, each touch is going to be, like, rolled gold. Like, kind of what I expected. And this is going to sound like a bad comparison. He's the, 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 the best of what I expected of two different players. First of all was um, Rankin in terms of like points per possession. You expect every time they're getting the ball, yeah. something good is happening and they're generating points from it. And a mix between him and like, I don't know, any any rookie in the past that you've just sort of expected to just come in and win the ball easily. Um, not to the level of like Walsh, especially considering he's not going to have the role, um, but just whenever the ball's near him, he just has that inept ability to just go find it. Um so I do see him going like between 65 and 75 yep. with ease. Um, and then he, he could he could surprise us and, and have a run where he has averages like 80. Um, but still, I, I don't think that's good enough. But I think he outscores a lot of people, most people, if not all people around him. I, I just, I don't really see the role. 
in the North Melbourne side. Like Simkin is going to be the full time midfielder. Davy Zuniak, they've they've got a they've got to play these guys that. in the midfield. Taron Thomas, you've, they've still got Will Phillips, who they barely played last season, and Powell. Yeah, um, and I'm sure I'm missing others. I mean, Anderson just came back from injury, and I don't know what midfield time he's going to get, but. They've just got enough midfielders. Greenwood, I don't know if I just mentioned him or not. Maybe mentioned him twice. Um, these players are getting the midfield time first, and we're only going to have Juan Francis at the beginning part of the season. We're not going to have him by the end of the season. So yeah, no, that's I don't, correct. I don't care really if he gets more midfield time as the season progresses because I'm not going to have him in my super coach side. So for me, I only need value at the beginning and like Barry for 50k more. Could average a hundred. I, I agree with that. You I know? agree with that. And I don't currently have Horn Francis in my side. Um, I th- I think I'm going to get him. I'm probably going to find a way to get him in a keeper league, and I'm going to follow him that way. But I just think he he's just got that talent. That and no offense to Finlay McRae, I think McRae is going to be really good. But like talent separates players like that, and um, role doesn't really. It, it's a factor, obviously, but he's just going to. He's going to have games where he's going to score like tons. And I don't know if McRae's at the point where he's going to be scoring like tons. I don't know. I don't know. You said 65-70 and I feel like... 65-75. Yeah, 65-75. I, yeah. I don't know. I think McRae can get in that range if he got games. But I don't, I didn't have McRae Maybe, anyway. Yeah. I didn't have I didn't have any of these players we've spoken about on my side. I mean... No, no, no. I don't <laughs> know why we've spoken about this for so long, actually. <laughs> pretty no, much like... Dacos, obviously... I like, but I think there's a lot of good rookies that are just cheaper. I mean, you yeah, got, you've no, got Ward, Hobbs, Stevens, and, and all of them, I think, can match. I think they'll just match Juan Francis, and they're just cheaper. So, nothing against... Yes, I do agree yeah, with that. I, so, I'd just rather pick those guys, I guess. Okay, let's jump into the forward line. Enough offering. Yeah, um, okay. okay, so first pick for me was Josh Dunkley. I know he gets injured every single season. He does. Um, but he also averages like... 135 when he does play and i i am just i refuse to be on the end of that um on the in the season that he does put it together he's gonna he's gonna be the highest averaging forward as long as he's healthy if he does get injured you're gonna have the pick of every other forward in the game i know it sucks to sort of look at this as like a i might have to use a trade on this guy but you just can't afford to not have him if you're gonna win super coach and Josh Dunkley plays 22 that year. You're going to have to have had Josh Dunkley from the start, in my opinion. So, I kind of agree in that he's going to be... I, I definitely agree that he's going to be in the top six forwards. Don't get me wrong. I also have him because I'm scared. I think that's yeah. the biggest reason I have him. I'm just scared not to own him in case he comes out with a 130. But when I, I think about it, I don't really know exactly what role he's going to have. I mean, I had these concerns last season, but I think... Like we've seen from last year, Liberatore has been pretty much one of the most important midfielders, just the key cog, the clearance machine in that bulldog side, and he's like definitely been ahead of Dunkley in 2021. Like he just he was ahead of Dunkley, and then obviously McRae and Bont are just weapons that have to be in the yeah. midfield. And we saw in the final season like how good both Smith and Trelaw are. Like they both, their final mm. series. I mean, Bailey Smith I mean, was. I think Trelaw's easily the worst of everyone that you've mentioned. No, so I, I, I do think Trelaw's not in in the same category. But I mean, that's yeah. still a high bar. Like Trelaw's an unbelievable no, player. So yeah, good. it's just a lot of midfielders, and then you add Dunkley in. I'm like, I'm talking about is it like six players? Like that's a lot of. But we had this same discussion last year, 
and then he started averaging like 135 like, yeah, the first five Liber games. Yeah, but then took over him. Like when he got injured, Liber went into the, the midfield yeah, and when Liber he dominated. got injured. But then Dunkley came back and didn't have the same role. But he did that the year before as well. Yeah. Every time he gets That's injured, he comes confused. back into a different role. That's so I'm just okay with having 135 for the first eight rounds. And then <laughs> if I have true. to trade him, I trade him. But like we, we he honestly just won't do it for the entire season one year. Exactly, like, and and that's the reason why he's in my side because I'm scared yeah. of that. I'm scared that the next year is going to be the 130. But like, I I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you said the winner would have Dunkley on their side, and I agree. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the winner didn't start Dunkley. Dunkley starts slow. Liber gets injured. Then everyone brings in Dunkley, and you know that's how the winner gets ahead of everybody. Um, that that's <laughs> a total viable but opposite reality as well. <laughs> Either way you end up with Dunkley in your side. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think he's super, super, super safe to start. He's better than all the forwards. The forwards suck. I think it's, yeah, exactly. I think it's dangerous to not start him. I think it's safe to start him. And that kind of just says it all. Yeah. Um, the next the next sort of spot, I guess, in the forward line, because I, I mean, if you if most people are starting Dunkley, um, you're sort of choosing between a couple of other guys. I think Duncan, yep. coming off of a 10-match season, um, the cheapest he probably would have started a season for a very long time. Um, but still with a 99 average, he is uh, he, he just scores points, um, like always. Mm-hmm. He just always scores points. So him and Taranto are around that sort of same price in that next sort of bracket. Um, you could even throw in Dusty Martin there as well for what I'm sure a lot of people are considering again this season. Those three, I guess, are a while. Oh God, I can't speak. Widely spoken about as the, the next sort of forward option. Yep. Is there anyone that you're favouring in those three? Is there anyone that you're like completely turned off of at this stage? No, I, I'd consider all three of them totally. I think um, Duncan. Can I, can I put my hand up before you say anything and say yeah. I would not consider all three of them? Okay. But you continue now. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I'll, I'll jump back in later. Yeah, you can jump in after. I, I think um, Duncan is now had two injury-prone seasons in a row, which at his age yep. is almost enough that it rules me out. The only reason I would somewhat consider him is only because his he got injured and his price has been lowered because of that. So he's still a little bit of value. I just... I, I don't think I can deal with the injuries. Um, I, I don't want to have to spend trades on it. And, you know, it might be... The, so the reason why it's not an automatic rule out, whereas other plays in other positions would be automatically ruled out like Fife, is because if Duncan, who can average 110, because he's done it in the past before his injuries, if he puts together 11 games in a row at 110, and then all the other forwards are averaging 90, which is totally a possibility that pretty much every other forward goes 90 below, except those two. In, in, except butters, yeah. Yeah, except by this, fine. <laughs> like, it's very possible that every other one goes 90. So you, you could potentially end in a situation where you only need half a season of 110. He gets injured, you trade him out to somebody averaging 90, and you're actually ahead of somebody who just picked the 90 player for the entire season. So I think it, it wouldn't work. Like, in, if there was other options that were kind of viable... I think I would just rule Duncan out entirely because of the injury history, but because of the poor options, I think that makes him an option. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I think um, I think the similar thing can be said for Tim Taranto to start a season um, with a guy who isn't guaranteed a midfield role and just heavily butchers the ball. <laughs> you can um, say that again. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just don't think... Uh, he doesn't have the injury concerns that Mitch Duncan does, but I just think he has 
like every other concern in which I don't think he's spoken about if there's like three like real easy picks in the forward line. I, I like he's obviously spoken about. I, I'm exaggerating for the sake of it, but um, I don't think he's in the sort of spotlight that he is right now if there's three amazing picks in the forward line. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I think the fear with Taranto, it's just like you, you, you'd you pick him, like he's priced at 97, and that's probably fair. He gets and 30. he could average 96.8. <laughs> yeah, like, well, that, that's it, right? He, he butchers it so... Like, you get 30 touches and seven, eight clangers a game. <laughs> so yeah. I think he averaged 6.9 or something like that. So if he's getting seven clangers a game and getting 30 touches, like... The upside isn't more touches, really. The upside is he turns the ball over less. And, and if yep. he does that, you know, he's going to have a fantastic season, average 110. So that that's why you pick him. But at the same time, there's nothing we've seen that we just think that, oh, yeah, next season Toronto is going to be clean with the football. So I do feel like he's priced within five of his average. And yeah, it's just, I think he's a totally fine pick, but I don't think it's like a value pick. Like if you're scared of Dunkley and you're scared of the others, like it's 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 totally fine. I, I'd put him in um, as just like a safety pick if you wanted, but otherwise... No one can tell me that he's not going to have two or three sub-85 games in a row and, and just be the same, if not cheaper yeah, exactly. at some point. I'm going to be like, able to buy him for this price, surely during the season. Surely. Exactly. He, he's he's not going to be on, this, on the... like on the other end of the spectrum and, and price me out at 650k for the whole year. That's it. He's just not. Like, yeah. he's not. Um, Dustin Martin, I, I don't know if I'll ever own this guy again. He <laughs> makes me sick to look at. Um, I don't know if I'll own him again. I will actually genuinely never, ever start him again. Um, I'm going to watch his grand final against Carlton and watch him score 150 and, and get tempted again. But please, Pistol, if we are friends outside of this little shindig that we do, Please convince me to never get him again, please. I think I'll start him. Okay. Um, and then on to... Um, I mean, we don't... There's uh, there's a lot of players that interest me in this next little bracket. Um, we just don't really know enough about them. Like Adam Trelaw, I'm not disinterested. I actually, I actually am because he it's doesn't ever play a full season. I'm yet. not interested. Um, in Jordan Dugowie, I'm not disinterested in. Um, we just need to find out more about him. Um Someone like well, Taron Thomas. Well, can we like, just stop for a sec? Like, if Tagoe gets off with no repercussions whatsoever, like he needs to be in everyone's side, right? He just he'll be in my side. He, I, he I'll moved into that. the midfield and he dominated, average hundred plus in the midfield, and that yep. would be his role from round one. If he gets off with all of his stuff, and if he gets suspended, then he's not on your side. So the the AFL will decide for us. <laughs> like we, that's just a spot that you keep flexible depending on the outcome of all of his, you know, we'll call it extracurricular activities. Agreed. Um, I think Zach Bailey, Taron Thomas, Isaac Heaney, and Zach Butters will be Bolton? an interchangeable spot in a lot of people's teams this preseason. Yeah. Totally. Um, I, and I think that's cool. Uh, I personally won't be touching Zach Heaney. I, I don't think... Zach Heaney. I, did I call him Zach Heaney? Yeah. yeah. I, Isaac Heaney. There's too many Zachs. Uh, yeah, Zach, Zach Bailey, Bailey, Zach Butters, and... Zach uh, Bolton? Zach Heaney. No, well, no, I'm definitely not touching him. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think Isaac Heaney has 95 plus in him, and if he does have 95 plus in him, I don't think that season has 18 plus games. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just don't been... think his body's built for both midfield and yeah. playing every game. So, I just think it's one or the other, and I think they'd rather play him forward. And I think he's a great forward, but I, I just I think that means we just don't have him in Supercoach like every year. I, which we thought we would. I don't buy the 
midfield Heaney. Like, I think he'll no, play never. exactly the same as what happened. He gets midfield rotation. He's so good forward, and they don't have anyone else like him in the forward line. He's so dynamic. I think he's a key to trying to win a flag where he plays forward. And you have they have midfielders, and they have youth that can play in the midfield, and I think they get that role and kick it to Heaney. Um, I don't yeah. think it's the other way around. I, I would well, be he's so good away. to kick to. Yeah. He's such a good forward. He's, just he's one of the best forwards in the league. Um, but Butters so, could play midfield. I, I do think Butters has a, has a chance to increase his midfield time percentage again on top of last season. Yeah, so I think Bailey Thomas and Zach Butters are the three sort of fun emerging guys who are probably going to play a lot more. more I mean, Terrence Thomas, I don't think he's going to play more midfield. I think he played a good chunk last year and they've added midfielders now. So um, if anything, he plays the exact same, maybe slightly less. Um, but Zach Bailey, he's rumoured to be going more in the midfield. He's just such a dynamic and good player. So Zach Butters is already training more with the midfield than he was last season already. Um, he just needs to be fit and lining up round one, and he will 100% be in my team. Um, it might be the last year that we get him as a forward-eligible player, so I'm just not missing out on that. I think he's he's got that pedigree in real life and in Supercoach that he he's just going to blow up. Um, and we did we like it, we're not basing this off of nothing. We saw it last year when he was completely fit when he did start the season, and he blew up. And he's got midfield time, him. and yeah, I did start him, out and we'll, we'll be doing so again. Is he your um, new he had that Daniel Um I mean, saying new Dan Houston makes it seem like he's going to just spectacularly fail every season. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's my new Robbie Gray from like six years ago. No, okay. I mean, we've so far it's one for one in terms of being compared to Houston. So let's, uh, let's not let's not pop injuries. <laughs> he was a successful pick last season until the injury. Let's not. <laughs> That's until like round four. <laughs> yeah, and he scored like 170, and you would have everyone would have found it impossible to get him in. And he was on like 115 at halftime against Richmond when he got injured. Yeah, and he got 105. <laughs> I went yeah, down the second half. <laughs> Very upsetting. Anyway, um, he'll be in my team, but he, I, I don't want him to become this player that everyone just blindly picks. He does actually warrant discussion. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we'll have more of that discussion as the sort of preseason ticks along. So um, now we have a bunch of f- mid-prices here, I guess, um, from pretty much under the 300K mark. There are a lot of fun options here, and mm-hmm. they might not be so fun come round four, but they're fun to sort of play with at the moment. Jade Gresham, for starters... Um, I, I don't even think he's entirely role dependent. I think he will have a decent role, and that'll be why he pops up in a lot of people's teams as the preseason goes along. Um, but I think as a forward, two hundred ninety nine k. Do you think he can do enough, or do you think he needs yeah. the role? I mean, I'm I'm very happy to take the Gresham punt. Last season, round one and two, he was playing on ball twenty eight and twenty nine touches in those two games, which is enough of. You know, he's accumulated enough of the ball that I'm not super concerned that he won't score well. I think it's almost a guarantee if he gets the role, he will score well. I think yeah. in this forward pool, a 90 average is almost top six, if not top six. It's just that poor pool. And it's possible with the right role that he gets there. And if he doesn't and he falls short and he you know, averages at 80... I'll sell him for 100k and it's a wasted trade. But I do think that there is every chance that the Saints want to get him 
into that midfield and he ends up you know averaging 90 flat he, i mean he could average more but I, i'd feel more comfortable saying he could average 90 and I, I feel like that's enough that he could be a keeper at that price and that feels pretty good but you know get to see how we go in the preseason yeah i'm i'm super happy to track this guy in the preseason and happy to just back you um i know you've actually tracked him from way prior to last season yeah, like halfway um, through last year i was like i'm picking gresham <laughs> yeah so like i know you're a big fan of his and um you can see it obviously with the the pedigree when he does get the midfield time so i think i'm i'm gonna ride along with you on that bear magan if he does look like he's gonna get the role cam rayner another one that could potentially get a midfield role i think him and barry are very much connected in which one's gonna win that midfield role yeah um and which one's just gonna play predominantly forward I don't think Barry's a good forward. Uh, that's why I think he sort of edges Cam Rayner out, but um, that's to be seen. But he's sort of just one on the watch list as well. Yeah. Someone that I think is sort of beyond the watch list at this point and he just needs to be fit for round one is Stephen Cornelio. Yeah, it's two, 261K for those who don't have the pick. It's just, it's kind of a silly price for a guy that's gone 100 plus multiple times in the past and 90 plus multiple times. Pretty much every season he's gone 90 plus. I think... For those that don't have the team picker, not the sixth highest... There was only eight players last season of the forwards that averaged more than 90. Only eight. So if we rule out some of them anyway, because some of them are injury-prone and some of them are, let's say, suspension-prone, slash one <laughs> of them is Toby Green, it's just, it just feels like if you get a guy that can go 90-plus at 261k... That feels like a keeper at that price. It's going to save you trade. It's going to save you a headache. I guess the only downside is that he potentially might not get the role and also potentially, well, no, this one's not potentially. He plays for GWS and they're just mm. massive liars on the injury front and team use front. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That isn't potentially. I think he's definitely going to have GWS this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, and, and he is injury prone, let's be honest. He's had a couple of years at it now where he's yeah. been a bit injury prone. So... Um, there are a few things that could bite you, but there are enough things in the positives um, to say that if you don't start him and everyone else does, kind of like, uh, I don't want to say like Jack Siebel, like Jack Siebel was like this banker, keeper, like type of player, but like maybe maybe how we saw Impy, I don't know, there's, there's, there's an example somewhere in a cheap guy where we just thought, why won't we start, why would we not start him? when he's got high ownership and he could genuinely get close to the 85 to 90 plus average. Yeah. Why wouldn't we? Just do it. Um, there are just too many questions as to why we wouldn't as uh, rather than why we would. So um, we're going to look at just three, four more players actually. And I'm just going to quickly fly through them. So Will Brody is someone that's definitely going to be best 22 dependent. Um, if he is best 22, which I right now would predict that he's not. Yeah, I agree. Um, if, he, if he is though, then he should be on as much of a watch list as anyone else because I think he's actually got decent super coach pedigree. Yep. Um, and if he gets anywhere near that midfield, then 224K seems super, super easy. Charlie Kono, 224K. I kind of feel the opposite about this one. He, um, although he's very cheap and he has scored well in the past four games last year, not many of the year before. Um, he's so so injury prone. Um, I don't know, and he's not even switched clubs. He hasn't even done the Arazio Joe Danaher like switch clubs and then and just not be injury prone ever again. He's still at Carson. He, he, I think there's just too much of a chance that he's injury prone again this year. Unfortunately, was that what happened with Fantasia? 
<laughs> yeah, he, he missed a few games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mitch Wallace, again, 223K. I don't think he's in their best 22. He wasn't really last year. Yep. Um, if he does crack in, he's one to look at. And then lastly, we've got Lewis Taylor, who shockingly is still in the league. He plays for Sydney, by the way. Um, 188K. Another one where we're just going to be looking like... I think the rookies are fine, um, but I think that as of the 15th of December, um, and I might not think that as of like the 1st of March. So these guys are just ones to keep an eye on, see if they're getting near the club, see if they're getting best 22, and if they are, at the very least, at least we've got history on them. Yeah. Um, at least we know that they can score, that they can keep their position at best 22, um, and they're super, super cheap. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. For those wondering, Elijah Hollands came in at 123k. So he's lock, 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 at, lock, lock, lock. at this stage, till we know more, I would assume he's in everyone's side. So I think that brings us to the Rucks. Yeah, I, I accidentally skipped them and realized that halfway through the forwards, but um, the Rucks are a bit boring this year. They're, there's pretty much... Are they boring? Yeah, yeah, because the way I'm about to phrase it, if you, you know, let me finish it off. Um, yeah, I'll is, take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you want to, do you want no, to take no, it from no, here? Go, go, go for it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> all right, so Max Scorn, Sean Darcy, Brody Grundy, all three of them probably going to be really good options. People are going to have their reasons for picking or not picking one or two or three of them, I guess. Um, <laughs> but essentially, I mean, t- I mean technically they could yeah. just not pick any I, of I them. How can I pick three of them? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, as in not picking three of them. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how all that would three go for... I wonder how that would go. Anyway, um, I like Brody Grundy at this stage, but that is could be very subject to change if Sean Darcy is Sean Darcy again. Um, and then, obviously, Max Scott's there. So that discussion is there to be had. Um, Roel Marshall did not get ruck forward status. He's a ruck only, I think, with Ryder and um, with Marshall's injury history. He's just one that we leave alone this year. Um, and then pretty much you scroll a long way down the list with a bunch of uninspiring picks mm-hmm. and you get to a couple of guys who are actually quite inspiring picks, which are um, Max Lynch and the same guy that we talk about every year, Braden Bruce. Yeah, look, I think uh, Lynch would have moved hoping he can usurp Reeves as the number one Hawthorne forward, uh, Ruckman and Watching him at Pies, like he's a really good ruck. I think he's every chance of being the number one ruck at Hawthorne. So at the moment, I've got him in my side at R2, and I have Bruce at R3. I think that combo is fine for now, but it, it's also, you know, we're assuming Bruce comes in and is a number one ruck, but I think that the combo that they had with Flynn and Briggs, like that, that was pretty good. I, I don't know if they want to keep developing those guys or if they you know going to go like Priest is now I think 30 he's like pretty old so I'm not sure he's going to be the number one mark and I could see this season going where we've got an R2 and R3 and these two you know mid prices and then it's round one and neither of them are named and we're like uh oh and we just have to then go back all the way to the top of the page and pick between Gorn, Darcy and Grundy and pick two of them and just lock them away and you know try and not stress about them. JB I know you said you're leaning Grundy. Do you, do you just have very minor pros and cons? Your your December pros and cons for Gorn, Darcy, and Grundy that might help people if they're picking one lean a certain way. Okay, so Darcy, I think he's well documented. He he, it's not that he misses a lot of time. It's that he gets a lot of injuries, which you'd think would go hand in hand. But he seems to sort of 
toe the line of being ruled out for the rest of the match and not actually missing weeks. Um, so he only missed the one game last season, but um, I think he might go down as the most stressful player to own <laughs> yeah. if we all ask get on Chizo. board this year. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely ask Chizo. But when he's up and about, when he's playing full four quarters, he might be the most dominant high-scoring ruckman in the game um, this year and nearly was last year. Um, missed out by two points on average in a game. Um, so I, I just... He he has all the pros and the cons are just there enough to make me look elsewhere if elsewhere is, is a good enough option. Matt's gone. Um, I just think... It's been a slow, slow, slow digression from Gorn. Um, if you can even call it that. He's still, in my opinion, the most dominant big man in the game. I just think the the ruck forward split is just getting too dicey with Jackson. And Jackson's getting older. He's getting better. Um, I don't see how Jackson plays less ruck this year, if that makes sense. So um, Gorn being priced at 120, I think he's bang on his average. Um, yep. Maybe even a little bit over. Just a, just a tiny little bit overs when it's all said and done. So um, at this point, with those two pros and cons for those two players, I'm leaning towards going someone who I think is underpriced, Brody Grundy, who should still be in his prime, who doesn't have other Ruckman coming in and getting better, who doesn't have the niggly injuries despite missing two games with that neck injury last year. Um, He's young, he's good. He should be underpriced at 115 if he's... Mentally, I think mentally is probably his actually biggest issue at the moment. Um, if he looks mentally like ready to go in the preseason, I just have more faith in him holding a top two, maybe top three ruck position for the entire season over 22 games than I do of the other guys. Yep. And in the meantime, the, the hopeful plan is to just go someone like Lynch and or Bruce to just sort of give me time to just process everything that Gorn and Darcy are doing. And then hopefully either jump on one or if I, if I have to make a decision, I have to make a decision, obviously. But yeah. um, it, it's just that's sort of where my, my brain is at at the moment. But it, I mean, obviously it will subject to change. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone watching the grand final saw, you know, Luke Jackson did really well on the ruck and that might be a catalyst for next season, giving him even more ruck time. So totally with you there. And Darcy... He is 642K and he's someone who could go up in price, you know, if he starts without being injured. But he's also, those injuries are going to reduce his price at some point. I don't know if I want to pay 642 right from the get-go for Darcy. I'm hoping at some stage I could get him considerably cheaper if I need to. And that, that you know, cheaper R3 and R2, I should say, uh, gives me time and they might make some money and, you know, close the gap a little bit and might get a little bit easier. And yeah. Grundy, I think we'll be able to see in the preseason game. We kind of said the same about Cripps, where we had locked him in in you know December, and then we watched him in the preseason, and we're like, uh, this guy doesn't look right, and all jumped off him. I feel like we could do that again with Grundy. We just see how he goes at the moment. He's a, a locked in my side, and if he just doesn't look with it, and something looks off, then I'm happy to just jump onto Darcy from the get go instead. So. Yeah, we'll we'll wait and see on that one, but I'm feeling pretty comfortable at the moment. Um, but I'm also fully expecting both Lynch and Proust to just not be named round one and me have to select two of the three premiums regardless. Yeah, which is very possible. If that does happen, I think I'd still go with Darcy and Grundy. Yeah. I think Gorn is... I'm, I'm just happy to just admire him from afar this year. Um, yeah. Unless I start Lynch and Proust and Gorn's better than Darcy, in which case I'll get him. 
Yep. No, that makes sense. So I think that takes us through all of the positions. Do you have any general, I guess, team building advice before we, we finish up? Nah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll go for it then. Um, I think this season, when you're making your starting side, we really saw last year the team's you could squeeze in, you know, 13 premiums. Um, the average, I think, was 12, and some people had 11 and some more mid-prices. The teams that chose 11 premiums really fell away quite quickly. I think the teams with 12 and 13 ended up being much more successful. Um, some of them more successful than the others. A lot of the 13 premium ones did finish near the top. Um, you know that because we, you know, had so many patrons yep. that yep. were... Uh, finished near the top and a lot of them were 13 premium ones so just something to keep in mind um, for, for this season I, I if you've made a team and you're happy with it and you count only 11 premiums it's just something that you might want to take into account again you could be making a 12 premium side and then um, Canelio or Gresham become keepers and you're totally fine anyway and I'm expecting that to happen so I'm, I'm feeling comfortable picking like we'll call them 12 proper premiums and then hopefully I get lucky with Gresham or Cornelio. I think that's a good balance for team building at this early, early stage. And otherwise, um, I wouldn't get too overexcited with the midfield players. I think there's, I think it's dangerous picking six premium midfielders or five premium midfielders and multiple mid prices. I think that some of the rookies in the midfield look really good and i'm talking about scoring potential look really good job security look really good um we'll see how that changes throughout the preseason but i don't want to bench like i don't want to bench dacos and i don't want to bench ward from hawthorne not even sure i want to bench stevens from from swans like it's if i'm benching one of those i might not be maximizing my you know points on field and my cash on field as well so it's just something to keep in mind when people picking you know mid prices as well within that range because if you have to bench some of these players it might end up not being worth it for your side you might be best getting mid pricer in another line instead and benching you know a worse rookie on another line so again yeah just some early team building thoughts to help you know get get you settled yeah, I jokingly said no, I don't, but I was actually going to say exactly what you ended up saying there, so that works out fine. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Um, now, you summarized it really well. Very, very good advice. So, I think that's it from us. Um, just a sneaky hour-long podcast, just talking really, really briefly. Um, now, I don't, I, don't, I, don't wanna, I don't know if I want to cash this check or write this check that we can't cash. I believe 30 for 30 is going ahead again this year with us pistol yeah i would say so i'd hope so unless something happens okay, so to you guys the, <clears throat> the third, i didn't have friends anymore um, so you know got, yeah i'm freed no, up i um i never did so that's fine <laughs> the 30 in 30 is going to be happening again on our patreon um where we where we talk in depth um for about 15 to 20 minutes about a player one specific so player th- for 30 podcasts in 30 days 30 podcasts <laughs> in 30 Doctor's days Daily so, yeah. dose. Yes, that's the one. Um, that will be happening again this season. JB, before you head off, actually, we did have one new sign-up. Um, I think they're deserving of a, a shout-out um, for this podcast before we wrap up. Go on. <laughs> I, I, know, I know who it is, but you've reminded me, so you deserve the shout-out. No, I just uh, yeah want to welcome. Thanks very much for your support. Uh, Noah Blake O'Connor, we <laughs> very much appreciate your support. I believe the youngest, the youngest member of all time has signed up. Um, yep, two years younger than Jacko. Yep, uh, one day old, which is very impressive. So, um, yeah, 
happy birthday, like literally. And uh, yeah, looking forward to you know getting getting you on the podcast in you know eighteen years time. <laughs> Obviously, massive congratulations to Noki as well, our, one of our Patreon members who has not himself had his first baby, but his um his he's got a slight ownership, you know, like a, a stake. Yeah, he's in there. He's in there. What did he say? Oh, <laughs> dual ownership, I'd say. Um, his, his partner's obviously delivered a very healthy baby, so congratulations. Congratulations. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.